right so we'll start the session uh, good evening everyone uh, my name is vikas agarwal i'm the founder of aif and pms experts india so uh, i think some of you who have been attending our session uh, they are kind of familiar with the format of the show it is very simple uh, we try and get in touch with the uh, industry experts uh, we invite them we try and read their minds understand which philosophy or the strategy which is working well for them so the whole idea of organizing this uh, knowledge based uh, session is to kind of empower our investors with more wisdom more knowledge so that they can it, it can really help them to create long term wealth and today we have invited uh, two gentlemen uh, uh, from ambit uh, uh, asset management uh, so ambit is uh, i think uh, is a well known group i don't have to introduce but those who are attending for the first time let me just quickly introduce uh, ambit group so this company was started by mr ashok wadwa and uh, as an organization they are into uh, various businesses for example they are into wealth management they are into asset management they are into credit they are into corporate finance they are also into they are also into institutional uh, uh, broking and institutional uh, uh, research and they are known for their institutional research capabilities uh, both in india as well as globally i think the kind of uh, research they do uh, in fact i one book one research report that i keep reading is is their disruption report and i truly like the way they sort of cover the entire industry and they keep talking about disruption which can come from anywhere so uh, i don't have to further introduce the group i think siddharth would do so so let me have the pleasure of introducing both the gentlemen out here so firstly welcome on the board and welcome on the show of ask the expert siddharth and manish thank you all right thank you thank you vikas thank you for having us here sure so uh, let me just quickly take a minute to introduce both of them uh, firstly thank you so much for accepting my request and coming on the show and you know sharing the knowledge with our investors siddharth and manish uh, uh, just to give you uh, introduction about siddharth first so siddharth is the managing director at uh, ambit asset management business siddharth has over two decades of experience out of which he spent more than a decade with ambit itself and prior to this he was uh, one of the co-founder member of ifl wealth when they were starting up and before that he was the branch manager at hsbc one of their largest branch which is the federal road branch and uh, uh, manish has again 15 years of experience uh, out of which he spent about 11 years with nomora uh, covering uh, the various industries more like fmcg and uh, a couple of other uh, industries at nomora spent about 11 years he was uh, one of the top performing and very consistent in terms of covering up the industry and coming out with ideas uh, then now he is part of uh, the ambit asset management business uh, handling coffee can investing uh, so coffee can uh, investing is is the concept which was started by saurav and used to work with uh, ambit capital and under their institutional capabilities uh, he sort of authored the book also called coffee can investing where the research team also played an important role in terms of providing the data points to saurav and then now he's been uh, taken over by manish and he's managing it very very effectively so as an asset management business uh, uh, they are known for their simple philosophy of buying high quality uh, businesses at a reasonable price and today we'll try and understand more from siddharth is that because markets are haywire and very volatile and you know a lot of people are uh, 
sort of attracted towards high beta stocks which are participating in this market so today i have invited them the agenda of the discussion is to understand more from them in terms of how do we sort of uh, set up the machine in which we continue to get uh, a consistent returns you know more so from an investment perspective um, it's like a atm atm machine you put 100 rupees you get 115 rupees back and i have been witnessing that uh, all their portfolios have been very very consistent and as an organization when we do our own due diligence in terms of looking at the portfolio quality or looking at the consistency in terms of performance so ambit sort of uh, comes on the top of the chart every time uh, so today we try and understand that if you keep doing the same thing how do you get the similar result every time you know uh, so that's where the expertise that's where the consistency plays an important role so today we'll understand more from siddharth so over to you siddharth uh, if you could just take us through uh, what's there in your mind and the philosophy and then we'll come to manish and take it forward over to you sure oh. so thank you vikas for the generous introduction uh, just a couple of disclaimers ambit coffee can philosophy was actually two centuries old was started by someone in the west and then it got adopted by our institutional equities team institutional equities team comprising of 15 20 people who came together and created this philosophy of coffee can which became a hit in the market and then three people from ambit wrote that book not from the inputs of three people but almost 15 to 16 people wrote that book but we couldn't have written 15 names and hence we decided to put three names who were at that point point in time were part of ambit institutional equities and ambit asset management so that was a collated effort from the institutional equities team as well as from the asset management so that's that's long shot about the coffee can investing but here today and now we are not going to talk about coffee can we are not going to talk about any philosophy we are not going to talk about what's happening we will talk about you your money your investing and how can you ensure that you continuously as vikas put it in a very simple manner earn returns with consistency that's all we are going to talk about it's neither philosophy no gyan nothing and i will use couple of analogies because human history dates back 4000 years and whoever has achieved this philosophy in whichever field has achieved greatness one month back exactly a month back people believed money making is very simple you put the money into equities you're going to make money covid is gone we are only going to see a surge in the economy we are only going to see more investments one month people are fearful people are scared there are precious lives which are getting lost and repercussions people are also getting fearful of investing in the markets there are multiple ways multiple ways of making money you can invest in bitcoins you can invest in gambling you can trade you can short sell you can do multiple things but we are not going to talk anything because the risk associated with all of them with all of them 
is significantly high. And what we are going to talk about is de-risking equities. Equities itself is a risky asset class, so hence we are not going to increase the risk. We can't assure returns, but what we can do, increase the probability of generation of consistent returns. We can't assure that you will win every time, but what we can assure that if you do certain things in the right manner, you will continuously create wealth. And that's what we call greatness. Next slide, Umang. So if you type Google on Google, great greatness, in less than a second, you will get almost 50 million hits. Everybody has a definition of greatness. Everybody defines greatness. Some people even mean greatness simply means just getting the work done. How are you feeling? Great. It does not mean anything. Hence, I looked at the history because history tells us a lot of things. And the best way to learn, to look at the future is to learn what has happened in the past. As Aristotle said, we are what we repeatedly do. As humans, we are what we repeatedly do. do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. So if you make your make excellence as habit, it leads to greatness. Let's look at three examples in the history. And that's not being coined by me. That's coined by universal consensus of greatness. Next slide. Alexander the Great, who became the ruler at a young age of 1718. What people don't know about Alexander that he died at the tender age of tender age of 32. He conquered from Macedonia to Egypt to Hindu Kush. So he nearly reached India. He actually acquired some part of our erstwhile Indian subcontinent. And then he was halted by Acharya Chanakya and his Shishya Chandragupta Maurya. In his 15 years, in his 15 years of his career as a warrior, as a ruler, as a king, he never lost a single battle. Never. What he did, wherever he went, he created cities after his name. During his entire journey, Merely in 15 years, he created 70 cities. A lot of them are still prospering after nearly 2,400 years. They are still prospering. They were named after Alexander and one of them, interestingly, after his horse as well. But what made Alexander great? Three, four things. He used his name to create the brand. Brand which can be recognized. Brand which will create fear in the minds of people. And keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, hear that he was not 
always having a significant army significant artillery significant resources during his 15 year period when he won those wars those battles those conflicts with unwavering frequency almost 70% of his battles 70% of the wars which he fought he was outnumbered by the enemy despite of that he won isn't it a common marketplace which we see today competition intense in the paints industry there are two leaders who control nearly 92% of the paints market jensel nicholson one of the biggest paints company entered india with all prowess nothing happened nothing happened at all so these are some of the things which one needs to understand that how greatness can be achieved by doing the same thing again and again and again alexander did three four very simple things he had an ability to dream dream really big his guru was one of the greatest of nearly at the age of 13 he studied under him for 3 years and he had a different vision of the world he dreamt that he will be the ruler of the world merely when he was 13 14 years old he planned ahead he strategized he strategized at a scale which was unforeseen he motivated his men his team his people we all keep calling about processes 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 but who formulates these processes the team the team the people they formulate processes and these processes are then when adhered leads to consistency next slide another great example the grandson of chandragupta maurya ashoka the great and if you look at in this map he nearly conquered 85% of the indian subcontinent and beyond and he did exactly the same thing he created edicts he created symbols so that everybody can remind him so the brand the brand promise the brand delivery and he himself had a very high moral discipline why am i focusing on all these words because these are exactly the things which help you win in investing as well which reduces the risks in equity as well he expanded and dominated the indian subcontinent and ensure that he led his team from the front he ensured that the justice is delivered in his presence and more often he was involved in day to day matters as well when it pertains to justice next slide this is unusual this is uncommon but and we hate as an indian i hate but there is no denying fact that britishers at a point in time in 
controlled nearly 30% of the world's land mass. I'm sure everybody knows that the sun never set in the Queen's Kingdom. That was what it was said. And what they did interestingly to consolidate their provinces, they created processes to smoothen, they used technology. So to make sure that they can exploit the winds from the colonies, to ensure that more exploitation of the resources from the colonies and increase the trade and commerce from the colonies, Britishers were the ones who created the system of SWIFT, the telegraphic transfer. The intercontinental transfer for the first time was done by the Britishers. They exploited the industrial revolution to their favor. The entire Europe had the benefit, but they saw the opportunity, they had that vision, and they created that opportunity in their favor. They, we all know that Indian Railways is, was created to ensure that the entire India, the entire Indian subcontinent can be developed into an effective market for selling their products, their goods which were imported, and to take the raw material rather quickly from India and export it to the Western market. So they did utilize technology as their backbone to ensure they have control of, over the colony. So if we say that it's only happening in the 21st century, sorry, it happened since humanity has existed. And this is what leads to greatness. Now I would ask my friend, my colleague, wonderful speaker Manish to take over and get into the specifics why and how and where can you invest to achieve this greatness? Manish, over to you. Um, thank you, Siddharth. So this is, uh, you know, because Siddharth is such a good orator and he gave us such good examples. I thought I'll also start with one saying, which is good returns is an outcome uh, of holding great business. And, and this is something uh, that we constantly advocate, right? Whenever I am talking about investment or in general, anybody in Ambit uh, Asset Management uh, is, is talking about investment to any person, uh, you'll hear these two things, which is return is always an outcome, number one. And number two, that to create a great portfolio, you need to have a business owner's mindset. Right? There's a huge difference uh, between being an equity investor and between somebody who acts as a business owner. If you believe you are a business owner, you'll be concerned about the quality of the business, the quality of the company, the leadership, the promoters, their quality, um, uh, their conduct in their personal ventures, listed ventures, unlisted ventures, not just the company itself. You'd be more concerned about the corporate governance issue that might have happened eight, nine, ten years back. And you would also be concerned about consistent profit growth in the portfolio. And believe me, if the balance sheet is strong, light, and debt-free, and the management capabilities are good, you combine these two things with consistent profit growth across long periods of time, you automatically have a great portfolio in your hands, which will deliver returns. 
over long periods of time and create immense amount of wealth. It doesn't really matter what the short-term cycles are like, but eventually consistent profit growth will always converge with great equity returns in the end and the two always end up meeting. I can give you some examples over here if you go down is looked at each industry separately. So we've looked at uh, cyclicals, we've looked at uh, uh, banking, um, you know, just, just go to the next slide. Yeah. So over there, if you see, for example, autos, look at the difference between iShare and Hero Honda, both in terms of profit growth as well as in terms of market cap. Look at the difference between Shriram, uh, Shri Cement and ACC. Look at the difference between HUL and ITC, HDFC Bank and SBI, PCS and Wipro, uh, Power Grid and Coal India. Each of these belong to the same industry group. HDFC Bank and SBI are both BFSI names. iShare and Hero Honda are both two wheelers. Sri Cement and ACC are both cement names. And it's a long period time that we are looking at. We are looking at FI 11 to FI 21. But this is the difference between holding a good company in your portfolio and a great company in your portfolio that eventually there is always going to be this lure of short term. There is always going to be this cycle uh, this management change, that uh, turnaround story, um, you know, and all of that is something that you're going to see in short terms. But eventually what plays over long term is always going to be quality, is always, always going to be great companies. And, and this is what differentiates between good companies and great companies. Not saying for a moment that Hero Honda, SBI, Shriram Transport, Tata Steel, Coal India are not good companies. But they are not great companies. That is what is a differentiating factor. Uh, consistency, right? Consistency, relentlessness, if I may use that word. And that's something that we saw in the examples that Siddharth also gave us earlier. That relentless pursuit, which Alexander showed, which Ashoka showed, right? Uh, in the first half of his life in a different manner, Ashoka showed it in a different manner in the second half. Of his life. If you move to the next slide, you'll see the difference between the good companies and great companies, right? I mean, essentially the difference is consistent EPS growth. Everywhere you see Bajaj Finance, Britannia, Aisha Motor, Bajaj Finsurf, Shri Cement, Indusind Bank, right? Titan, HUL, Asian Paints. The commonality is what I said, which is basically consistent profit growth. And that's where owning the business or a business owner mindset becomes so important. And anywhere that you see cyclicality, anywhere that you see uh, inconsistency, you look at the return, which is the bottom chart over here on your screen, uh, it always shows, right? So, so great companies, a great portfolio is always comprised of companies that have consistent growth in profits across long periods of time. That is number one. And number two of investors who have business owner mindset and not equity investor mindset, right? That becomes a very, very uh, simple but very potent combination. So the key question that you should be asking me right now is what makes a business great? How do we differentiate between a Britannia and something else, an Aisha Motor or a Hero Honda 
or uh, Bajaj Finance and Shri Ram Transport. How do you differentiate? What makes a business great? What are those traits? What are those qualities uh, that you should be looking at? And if you move to the next slide, I will let you know. There are essentially five, six qualities that we are looking at, which makes a business great. Number one is management capabilities, right? Integrity plus capability makes a great management. And great management makes for a great business eventually, right? And, and, and that is essentially is a first factor that you need to look at. Safari is a great example over there. If you look at uh, their management, which is essentially Sudhir Jatia, uh, ex-VIP guy, he took on the market leader and created a very, very strong presence for his brand. And you look at the way Safari as a stock has performed, right? And, and that kind of tells you. Second is sometimes you need unconventional approach in very conventional situations. And, and that works. Now, the best example I can give over here is, is demand. A great, great success story. I think at some point of time, books are going to be written about demand. Uh, you know, an industry that where nobody succeeded. Every single person who did business in this industry failed is a business where demand succeeded, right? And we are going to dwell into demand in a little more detail. <clears throat> Prudent capital allocation. We've seen how many, many companies like, for example, ITC, etc., have lost returns for their shareholders for multiple years because the capital allocation was not prudent, right? And, and, and that essentially becomes one of the differentiating factors between good companies and great companies. Great companies either know how to reinvest it fruitfully back into the business. The ROIC is always going to be higher than the ROCE or you're going to return it to the shareholders, right? Essentially, you're never going to hold up cash. Right. And, and a good example over there is BI industries. Constantly industry, uh, and, and that CAPEX is always used to put up high ROC projects and EPS accredited projects. And the result is something that we are looking at. The fourth trait is looking ahead and innovating. Innovation is something that I can never overemphasize. Upon. Right. I mean, look at Nestle. We, they have had, I think, 30 new products in the last three or four years. Uh, a pace of innovation, which is completely unparalleled. Yes, there's always going to be a success ratio involved. There is always going to be a high failure rate involved in innovation. But even if 5 to 10% of your innovations fire and they fire, they fire big and they become big products. Right. Maggie started in 1984 small. It is what it is, a 3,000 crore behemoth today, you know, because of the innovation and the relentless pursuit of it. Specialization, very, very important. Again, niche focus, something which is small today, but has the potential of becoming big tomorrow, which not too many people are focusing on. The best example we can think over there, Avas Financials, right? They focus towards self-employed segment, the retail segment, and they have, uh, you know, grown and grown in the last three, four years, if you see in the way and the way the stock return come to. And last is building a strong brand and trust. In a consumer-facing business, if you have a strong brand, 90% of your battle is won, right? Now, you look at uh, this, that when Titan started off in 1960s, uh, they were the only retailers of watches in India other than HMT. 
when they started retailing jewelry in 1990s again the only people who had actually thought of it and the only people who in 2000s thought of uh, retailing uh, you know uh, prescription eyewear in an organized fashion and every time people thought that they are mad but largely unorganized industries you take and you create brand and trust over and that is essentially what makes these companies stories on how these companies have kind of become creative so the first example that i would like to take here is avenue supermarkets now think about it a lot of industries fail because demand is not there a lot of industries fail because capital investment is not there uh, a lot of industries fail because global expertise is not there the most amazing thing about indian retail industry is that everybody fail every single person who's come in this industry so far has failed right aditya birla as a group has failed future retail as a group has failed spencers has never ever made operating profit in their life reliance retail in their earlier avatar failed vmart has seen failure once and the amazing thing is each of these businesses owners if you see reliance for example ambani's aditya birla for example uh, spencers again coming from calcutta future retail never short of money capital was never a problem global expertise when you have look at guys like metro when you look at guys uh, you know like bharti mittal when you look at guys like walmart for example never a problem global expertise never a problem and yet demand was strong and nobody succeeded and this is where avenue supermart stands out to achieve success in an industry which has consistently been plagued by failure is where they stand at and how did they do it they essentially did something which i mentioned earlier a unconventional approach in a very conventional business number one what they did was they said we will own the store we are not going to pay rent on it they made their pnl light and second thing they said we are going to provide a value for money to the customer so when you walk into a demart outlet it's not a pleasurable shopping experience they don't spend on decor uh they don't spend on employees they don't have sofas to sit over there they have nothing it's it's a very inconvenient experience to walk into a demart store and yet you look at the same store sales growth double digit clocking in year after year for a decade plus now time frame why because people have this belief that it is always going to be the cheapest product available they keep the number of sku's low they pay their suppliers in advance right they hire less educated employees their locations are very carefully chosen and that is why they are able to convert okay this is absolutely amazing which has never been seen by anybody is 15 to 20% 15% 17% gross margins into 9% ebitda margin look at the chart on the top right hand corner amongst all the companies right the gross margin for demart has always been lowest and the most consistent and yet they have the highest ebitda margin and that is the magic of discipline discipline in terms of where you open the stores discipline in terms of focusing on return on capital employed discipline on same store sales growth 
discipline discipline and discipline combined with unconventional business manish can i just interrupt yeah. and uh, talk about one point which avenue supermarts has done sure sure fantastically well as compared to all the brilliant examples which you did which you gave of the whether it is birlas whether it is reliance whether it is biryani group everyone and that one simple example is people so as manish rightly said people people and only people they hire people who are little less educated they hire people who are merely 10th pass now you would anticipate that if they are less educated they would give poor client experience these people come from very humble backgrounds they come from tier 5 tier 4 cities to make a living and what avenue supermarts has done only two very simple brilliant things one every employee every employee is trained very very well before they are onboarded and what they check is not the skill not the quality of expertise not the level of expertise but what they check is simple your willingness to work your willingness to fight against odds your willingness to stand up that's one very important thing they look at when they hire and i'm sure if you do google you will find they reward they share the rewards with their people as well in fact when avenue supermarts got listed a couple of security personnel also became crorepatis because they also had e-stops with them motivated employees that's what made the difference so that's number 1 number 2 what they do again very simple they said that the lunch hour would be done in the store and at a place where employees can sit peacefully and eat remember we all are social human beings we all want to interact and they build camaraderie amongst various employees and that happens when you eat together when you eat together when you spend some time together and they focus on those softer skills to ensure that motivation of the employees remain at the peak and when the motivation is higher when the motivation is higher automatically employees are vibrant enough to influence the customer irrespective of the environment the customer comes in people rich matters sorry sorry to interject manish please please proceed uh, no no i think very very valid points uh, next if you look titan amazing company i have a lot of respect for them and at every juncture i've come across people who just laughed at titan and has said that they are mad people. even now the latest venture that they have started which is selling sarees people always come and tell me that you know what is titan doing selling sarees what is the commonality of the theme over here the commonality of theme is building a trust through a strong brand like i said look at it when they started selling watch 
watches in India. The only company that used to retail watches privately, other than HMT, which was a government-owned company where you had only 24 design choices. The whole case with the jewelry venture, same was the case with prescription uh, eyewear, and same was Apologies, guys. Looks like there is a there is a weak network. Yeah, Siddharth, if you could take over by the time Manish will check his email. So what 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 Manish what Manish is now the commonality with the saris venture. Even Manish, why don't you switch off your or yeah. So what Manish is trying to say is very, very simple. So naysayers said that they will never succeed just by selling watches. Naysayers also said that they will never succeed by selling specs. They also believe that they can never become a big company by selling jewelry, branded jewelry. And today, ladies and gentlemen, tell me one brand beyond your local jeweler. Or I'm not sure whether you would even trust your local jeweler. When you are gifting someone a Tanishq product, it means that things are authentic. There is no need to check, cross-check. There's an underlying perception that the jewelry which one is purchasing is authentic. There is no cheating. And interestingly, interestingly, ladies and gentlemen here, Tanish does not make money, does not make money on the gold prices. So a lot of people believe that gold prices have moved up, say so their profitability will go up. If, they're, if, they're, if the gold prices come down, their profitability will come down because a lot of jewelers hoard the gold and on the jump of the gold prices, they make money. Tanishq, on the other hand, hedges its gold price to the T. So if any piece of jewelry at the end of the day gets sold, the consolidated gold which is sold is exactly procured the very same day and is covered. There's a fixed amount of inventory which is lying in Tanishq which is lying in Tanishq at all points in time, which means that they do not speculate even a single penny on the gold price movement. So where do they make money? Obviously on the making charges, obviously on the experience. And that's what makes Tanishq great. Let me give you another very simple analogy here before Manish joins back. You would be surprised, you would be surprised uh, in 2008, 2008, Reliance Power IPO came in. Sorry, Manish, I'm digressing from your subject. No, 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 it's fine. I just got logged out in the middle. Yeah. Continue, continue. So in 2008, we all remember there was a 
मेगा ब्लॉकबस्टर आईपीओ केम इन मेगा ब्लॉकबस्टर आईपीओ दैट वॉज द आईपीओ ऑफ रिलायंस पावर interestingly at that point in time in 2008 the total number of shareholders who participated the total number of shareholders who participated or were present in reliance power were nearly were nearly 28 lakhs plus at that point in time at that point in time titan titan had only 62800 shareholders in 2008 that's all that's all today today uh, maybe maybe a year back i have checked this data maybe in the beginning of 2018 or and sorry beginning of 2020 or end of 2019 i checked this data and back then reliance power from the ipo date till today had eroded 99% of the shareholders wealth despite of that despite of that it had 22 lakh shareholders come down from 28 lakhs which were existed at the time of ipo or immediately after the ipo they went down but very significant number when 19 when it has eroded wealth of 99% during the same period from 2008 until 2000 and uh, 2025 to look at titan very simply in last 12 13 years this stock this stock has delivered over 1200% 1200% in last 13 years 1200% ladies and gentlemen and you know what is the total number of shareholders which existed a uh, a year back which when i checked the data they were barely 1 lakh 60000 shareholders that's it 62 has become 2 and a half x that's about it but still look at the number of shareholders that talks volumes on where are we focusing our energy our money manish please take over no i think you summed it uh... very very beautifully siddharth uh, we'll move on to the next one which is my favorite uh, nestle now you look at the chart uh, on the top right hand side i mean i have never seen a chart like that right phenomenal they are market leaders in so many categories right think about it instant uh, you know uh, noodles infant cereals infant formula tea creamer uh ketchups sauces pastas uh white chocolates wafer chocolates and instant coffee right so that's a total of 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 categories where they are number 1 and one category where they are number 2 i've never come across a portfolio like this and i've never ever come across a company like this and look at the chart on the left hand side look at the number of innovation 
what is the success ratio for nestle's innovation 70% success only 30% failure and that shows in the consistency of the company in terms of profit growth you look at ebitda growth right you look at return on incremental capital you look at fixed asset turnover you look at market leadership right that is essentially what differentiates between the great companies and good companies consistently innovating relentless approach to innovation and each of these examples that we've given you over here which is essentially nestle uh, you know which is uh, titan which is avenue supermart you'll see commonalities across all three of them great management capability which is relentless approach a game to always fixed and unconventional approach to doing business right and focus on consistency and a combination it becomes a very very deadly combination right uh, when you look at uh, when you look at these companies that if you stay invested in these companies over long long periods of time that is essentially the end result which comes out right and that is how great portfolios are essentially made moving on to the next slide that's a question which i said right which is that is what makes a great portfolio now if you are to invest in a product a pms product or any product for that matter what are the four things that you should look at number one is that there should be a overarching philosophy always always very very important why because nobody guarantees returns to you what people are selling you is essentially a thought process and the moment they deviate away from that thought process the trust is broken the trust is lost so it has to be a fund which is determined which is run and which has an overarching philosophy which is uncompromised second thing a very very experienced research team and deep dive research capabilities very important look at us a 1500 crore amc which has eight research members very important that you do your own research you have your own earnings models you have your own uh, projections you meet the companies on your own and not are dependent on any sell side to give you second hand research the third is very simple which is i have talked about all along focus on earnings growth having a business owner mindset right focus on profit growth in your portfolio returns will automatically come and fourth is risk management what should be the risk management strategy discipline not long shot not uh, derivatives not commodities nothing but consistency through discipline a good return is always an outcome of good process and that is what we believe in right and and that is essentially the message that i gave wanted to give out now just to spend 2 minutes on the outcome of it right if you move on to the next slide what happens when you put all of these ingredients together and create a great portfolio the end result is consistency and safety look at our three portfolio returns and i'll just spend a minute each uh, coffee can 20% returns since inception not a single calendar year where we have delivered single digit return every single year look at the focus on the chart below 29% 15% 20% 22% 
culminating into 21% return on a since inception basis, I've never seen a more consistent fund. You move on to the second fund that we have, which is essentially good and clean. It is also one of the oldest portfolios. Again, 15% return since inception, outperforming the broader markets by five percentage points over a six year period. Superlative. Again, you look at 2019, you look at 2018, every time the market has hit a difficult patch, we have delivered. And then last, but by no means the least, our superstar product, which is emerging giants, 15% return since inception over a three-year period, when the base index has given you 4% return. We've performed in 2018-19, which was bad time, and then we have performed in 2020, which is a good time again. And this is what is the end result of consistency. With this, Siddharth, uh, I'll put an end to my presentation. Maybe we can start off with the Q&A. Sure, sure, Manish. So, Vikas, over to you. Okay. Yeah, so just an announcement. Anybody has any question, please? Type in your question in Q&A box and then we'll start shooting these questions to both of them. Uh, there are already a few questions, so one second. All right, so the first question is, do I need lump sum of 50 lakhs rupees for the investment in Ambit CCP? The answer is yes. Is there any STP or SIP option? Uh, Manish or Siddharth? Manish, you want to take this or...? Yeah. So there is an STP option. Uh, we leave it to the investor. Um, now, when you have the form, right, when you are going to be filling it up, you'll see the option over there. But there are two conditions that we always apply. One is that the STP options are available only on a monthly basis. We do not do weekly STPs. We do not do quarterly STPs, fortnightly, nothing. It's just monthly. And second thing that we do is we need minimum two and a half lakh rupees to invest every single And these are the two conditions that need to be met. And as long as these two conditions are being met, you tell us how many months of STP you want, that option is always open. All right. The other question is, uh, one of the industry solver has already good amount of exposure in uh, Titan. So you think it will underperform for next four to five years? What's your no, I think, I think this is a time for Titan now. I think the stock's performance will actually witness now. Uh, why am I saying so? Uh, a couple of reasons. One is, uh, uh, as the pandemic situation improves, and we've seen this world over in US, developed part, some of the developing countries like South Korea, China, India also in the second and the third quarter, that the recovery, economic recovery is always very V-shaped. And whenever the economic recovery is V-shaped, it is discretionary consumption, which always comes out in the forefront and staples consumption will always take a little backseat. So all the pent up demand that you see from weddings perspective, from investment perspective, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, are all going to come out. And from that perspective, from a two to three year you know, period perspective, I think it's, it's an amazing investment to have. And what adds Sheen to Titan is the fact that most of their investment businesses, uh, when you look at, for example, Iron, they have broken even over there. So that investment phase or loss-making phase in that business is over now. Watches is doing well. Uh, and gold prices, if they continue to come out and there is a risk-on trade which kind of happens, uh, then again, you know, as gold prices kind of continue to soften, Titan will do well. So Titan is always going to be a part of my core portfolio. I'm never ever going to deviate. I think it's it's going to do really well. 
stocks which are either part of portfolio or or the ambit uh, uh, and their team is basically sharing their house view and you must consult either your investment advisor or you reach out to us before you make investments in these companies directly uh, that is number 1 and number 2 is you know it's very difficult and rare to get siddharth and manish together so i would urge uh, all the participants to ask as many questions as you wish to uh, and we have enough time today and and siddharth has promised me that he will ensure that not even single question will go unanswered so therefore therefore you know i would request all the participants who have joined today please ask as many questions as you you wish to and we will ensure that we'll answer these questions so last time i remember we couldn't manage to answer your questions so the other question is uh, uh, when will the itc start making money for their investors will the will the demerger of tobacco business happen or is it because of non esg business um, no the tobacco business demerger will never happen because there are commonalities with other uh, right i mean for example paper supplies you know paper for the cigarettes tobacco uh, agri business supplies tobacco um, right fmcg kind of becomes a distribution led synergy from a forward integration perspective so no that won't happen at some point of time or the other they would want to separate and demerge out the hotel business because it's not a legacy business that they have it is something that was saddled on them through a merger right uh, but having said that i think this is a time for itc i think this is a year when i'm very optimistic on itc i'm very very positive on itc uh, you would have probably seen the stock going to 300 already had the pandemic not happened the second wave not happened uh but the fact of the matter is this is the first time in 3 4 years that the government has not increased taxes on cigarettes uh, be it either excise duty or gst or the sales uh most of the businesses are actually uh, doing fine and well uh they have taken a price increase as far as uh, cigarettes is concerned uh, a small price increase but a price increase nonetheless that will aid uh, profit growth in this business uh fmcg the strategy has got right and best of all uh, you know their their capital allocation efficiency has improved by leaps and bounds they have stopped investing money in cash burning businesses like hotels like hospitals etc 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 right so from that perspective uh, i think i'm very very optimistic on that see i think by december january you'll see their stock yielding great returns okay uh the next question is uh, is there any threat to asian paints after announcement of entering birla group in the paint industry no i think that's the best thing that can happen see uh, this is a point that siddharth made very well you look back 20 years there were six or seven very very strong players in the paint industry 
Now, what is happening today? There are two and a half players, not three, two and a half. There is Berger, there is Asian Paints, and then there is half of Consider. That's pretty much all what it is. That's the whole paint market in India. Now, what are these guys trying to do? They're trying to push themselves. There is no real challenge as far as paint industries. Asian Paints is pushing itself to get into your businesses, to become a complete home improvement play from what is essentially just a pure play paint company. Right? And uh, a couple of new players entering this business is actually going to spur competition. It's going to spur innovation. It's going to bring in a certain, uh, you know, sense of, uh, of uh, competition, which is going to lead to complacency going away. And it's going to push the whole industry growth further. It is going to re-energize your logistics and distribution chain, uh, more brand investments by companies. I think the only problem is that we need two at least more good and solid moneyed people with great brands to enter into this world. One is not enough. We need at least five good players in paint. So I hope the competitive intensity rises more. That can be the best possible thing for Asia. In my view, I think the size of the industry will also continue to grow. Absolutely, that's there is no debate about it. Double digit for the next ten years, consistently, no doubt about that. So the new generation has not. So growth is not an issue. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. No, more from the exterior paint side. More from the exterior paint side. Look at the condition of buildings in Bombay and Delhi. I mean, that's a completely underpenetrated industry. Absolutely, you know, waiting to be exploited kind of an industry. Absolutely. The other question is, um, how is Ambit coffee can portfolio is different from Marcellus CCP consistent compounding portfolio? Uh, let me let me take. I'll go on mute. I'll let Siddharth answer. Yeah. Okay. So initially, as I as I mentioned in the beginning when I was giving the disclaimers, very clearly, this entire philosophy of coffee can was uh, initiated as practical tool of investing by Ambit institutional equities, which then carried forward in the PMS and then a couple of colleagues of our left. And then they started Marcellus. The, there are three simple differences. There are very, very three simple differences, which lie between Ambit coffee can and any other portfolio. One is discipline. So when we say discipline, it really means that we are holding the businesses forever for very, very long periods of time. We are not here to opportunistically keep switching depending on the mood of the market, depending on the mood of the economy. And that's where the biggest wealth comes. So what we intrinsically do as humans, what we do is we cut the legs of our fastest horses. We cut the legs of our fastest horses. Very simply, if I have to explain to you, if uh, Vikas, you have got two stocks, stock A and stock B. Stock A, you have invested 1 lakh rupees. Stock B, you have invested 1 lakh rupees. All this you invested on January 1st, 2020. On 31st of December, 2020, your first 1 lakh stock A has become 3 lakhs. And your stock B, which is 1 lakh investment after a year, has become 80,000. So your total value of your portfolio is 3 lakhs, 80,000. Simple, 2 lakhs of investment, 3 lakhs of 80,000 is the market value. If I have to ask you that your wife is now insisting no, 
because you have made such good returns for yourself please buy a earring for me from tanish worth 60000 can you please do it please do it and she has been nagging you for a while and now it's high time so you have to exit 60000 which stock will you choose which stock will you choose to exit that 60000 more often really, more often the trend is that something which is doing well people tend to take off the money from there absolutely. and the long term non performing stocks absolutely so you will cut the leg of your 1 lakh which has become 3 lakhs and you will say hey i have made so much profit let me just take out 60000 from here still i'm 2 lakh 40000 positive and you are not realizing that you are cutting the legs of your fastest horses which will pain you in the long term this year has been good you don't know hence so that's one simple thing we try and allow our businesses to grow seamlessly over longer periods of time whilst other portfolios other me tools other me tools what they are doing is fairly simple they are opportunistically opportunistically getting into the bets which may play out which may not play out and no one to comment but they are playing momentum and we all understand that momentum at some point in time can become dangerous because not every time god will tell you hey look correction is going to happen i will correct so that's that's number 1 number 2 while we stick we stick to what we are saying is the original filters original filters when the coffee can was incepted in ambit institutional equities in 2014 ladies and gentlemen 2014 the concept was very simple 10% revenue growth or 10% ro 10% asset growth for the bfsi companies and roc is of 15% or more for 50 for 10 years or roe in case of bfsi greater than 15% for last 10 years and we stick to that playground we stick to that rule we stick to that norm wise others chose to conveniently adjust the norms which suit them so that's that's number 2 which is which is the differentiation third we believe that we will stick largely to businesses which are oriented towards the customers directly rather than going into the play where it becomes a b2b because strong brand strong conviction on the margins in elastic demand can only happen if your brand is direct customer focused it's not a b2b and that's what we have stuck with while others have taken other routes so the option lies very clearly in front of various investors to stick to the promise to stick to the conviction to stick to the discipline in the short term there will be lot of things which will work in favor or in against but as you keep crossing 5 years 7 years threshold you will see how all our three portfolios in the longer term have consistently consistently outperformed the benchmark and that's the simple promise which we make and we will ensure that all the me tools will also experience this okay so next question is with 
2.5 lakhs rupees can we invest in your pms and start the sdp the answer is no the minimum threshold for any pms is 50 lakhs rupees uh, vikas so this question is from you uh, so you'll have to start with 50 lakhs rupees one thing that you can do is and perhaps we'll check with siddharth is that suppose you have 50 lakhs rupees can you divide that amongst all three strategies or maybe two so we can we can do that so 50 lakhs we can divide it into two strategies because the minimum threshold for any strategy is 25 lakhs and why we have kept it is so that you can meaningfully gain we don't believe in spraying and then praying we don't believe in it we believe that where it will make a difference to your wealth we should invest there and that's why 25 lakhs is the minimum ticket size per strategy you can split you have 50 lakhs into two strategies very clearly all right uh, uh, somebody is asking could you guys please highlight the specialty uh, chemical companies which are going to do well in next decade or so so specialty chemicals we what what we believe is chemicals which where again market leadership is there we wouldn't want to name the companies because uh, i don't want to i don't want to spoon feed or have my judgment the way we look at it is very very simple one thing which is important for greatness and this is something which if if you guys are interested in reading you should read this book 0 to 1 peter thiel's book he says the first thing you should do if you if you want to become great is not to become a small player in a very large market become a small player in a large market that's not the strategy you should become dominant player 60 70 80 90 95% in a micro market it can be a geography it can be a product it can be a service it can be anything but remain a dominant player because if you become that your margins will remain intact you will have pricing power with you so look at chemical companies which have 60 70 80% and some of the interesting companies have just got listed some of the companies have been in existence for last 15 20 years chemicals is the space where india will have its prowess for next 8 to 10 years to come for a decade 20 30 the third decade of this century chemicals will rise and shine so do not miss this opportunity we have lot of good exposure in our mid and small cap portfolio in chemicals because we believe whatever has happened because of covid because of geopolitical china's prowess in some of these chemicals is not going to come back so rise and shine by investing in high quality chemical companies but remember market share is the key all right siddharth the, the question is what's your deployment strategy is like you deploy money overnight next day in the morning 9:15 or you wait for uh, markets to time so the way we the way we do the investments is fairly simple is we we have given the stp option to the clients so you can you can choose the stp to be done otherwise our philosophy is simple you can never time the market and why you can't time the market is because do you remember when the tax cuts happened in 29 september right 3 days Three days, Nifty was up by twelve percent. Coffee can portfolio was up fourteen and a half percent. Three days. Now, if you are not there in the market during those days, you are not there in the market. 
5th November Biden and Trump elections. Nobody knew what's going to be the outcome. Bala court strikes 24th of February 2020. Next 30 days, FIs will pump nearly four, four and a half billion dollars. Nobody knew about it. Remember, it's not important to time the market. It's important how much time you spend with the market. It's not important when to spend, when, when do you tell your child to do this or that and become a helicopter parent rather than that, spend more time and you can observe what your child is good and direct on a constant basis. Your investments are like your children, spend time with them, nourish them well, they will be healthy and they will benefit you. Uh, Apurva, I hope the uh, Siddharth is able to answer a question. In case you have anything, please type in. The next question is, how many businesses do you generally hold in your CCP portfolio? A and B is how do you churn? Uh, I mean, uh, this second question is actually can be divided into parts. One is, what if the business doesn't plan, plan out or execute the way you expect them to be? A or what if it becomes expensive? So both the strategies. Manish, do you want to answer this? Yeah, sure. So, uh, uh, we normally try to hold between 10 to 15 bills. And that concentration is very deliberate because when the width of the portfolio goes up, the depth of your research usually takes a beat. Right? There will be so much due diligence that you can do uh, you know, with a 25, 30, 40 portfolio, uh, you know, company portfolio on an ongoing basis also and at the time of initial investment. So, so that becomes a real challenge and that is why we try to keep it concentrated. And the weights in the portfolio are all meaningful. Right? So every single stock movement makes a difference to the portfolio. You're not trying to hide behind something. You're not unnecessarily participating. Uh, and uh, sorry, the second part of your uh, question was about how do we have an exit strategy and what happens if the business is not performing. Now, typically churn is divided into two parts. So there is risk reward management, and then there is a complete exit from the portfolio. Complete exit from the portfolio in the last four years we've had only. And what determines it? There are basically two or three very simple rules that we've set for ourselves. That if there is a corporate governance compromise, there is uh, a business change which has happened from the level or, or you know the model that you kind of conceived uh, initially and you thought about initially or the company in question has digressed a little bit from you know whatever strategy they had and these are the times when we kind of make a complete exit from the portfolio. otherwise we never ever make short-term business cycles usually don't deter us much but as far as uh, short-term movements are concerned there is a risk reward management strategy in place if the risk reward kind of gets disbalanced or lopsided way too much then you do tweak the portfolio a little bit to adjust for it. Uh, but those are minor cases, few and far in between, uh, where the churn is deliberately kept low. And it has to be a really substantial uh, permanent change, either in corporate governance or business model, to, to make us exit that stock. Okay. Uh, so one is you said that there uh, either you will exit completely or you'll have a risk uh, management system in which you kind of 
evaluate, analyze, and then start executing. I have there. You have. You will take your own time. Okay. I hope uh, uh, Manish is able to answer this question as well. Next to next question from is from Harsh. How do you how do identify uh, ambit identify sector where long mega trend is coming? Please share few case studies to understand your thought process. So the best examples I can give you are the you know couple of investments we made last year and. Uh, the identification of the sector is always top down and the identification of the company in that sector is always what right so it's a combined strategy so to speak uh, what helps us a lot is a large research team at our disposal usually you will not see 1500 crore amcs running with eight research analysts right usually their number is much lesser <clears throat> and what we typically do is identify trends in advance right so for example when you look at our april 1 2020 newsletter Uh, we had published a survival strategy, and we had done this study across the portfolio that if the business is shut today for six months, zero revenue, how many of our companies are going to be able to survive? Okay, forty-five out of forty-seven companies at that point of time came out in the green. So that was us staying ahead of the curve. Um, then the other thing we identified was which are the sectors that can benefit out of the pandemic rather than kind of lose or just maintain, uh, you know, the growth. and we identified two such sectors one was uh, organized retail and the other one was life insurance and that's where the investment happened like i said the the sector analysis is always top down and the company analysis is always bottom up and and that is a combined strategy with which we identify um, stock ideas yeah uh, what's your views on banking the space uh, from here onwards very bullish uh, i think uh, we were very bullish uh, you know before the whole second wave came through also and we were identifying ideas we had increased the weight of bfsi in the portfolio in fact today in coffee can uh, you know it is the single largest weight sector at around 25 26% yes there is going to be a curtailment as far as the economic growth of the country is concerned because of the second wave we are probably not going to grow at uh, 12% but we are probably going to grow closer to 9% base is what my view is uh, but still you know this is going to be a country that is going to see two things one is steady high single digit growth for the next couple of years this year is going to be 9% next year there is going to be a little spill over from this year to next year there is again going to be a 9 percentage kind of a growth in gdp that you will see and that cannot happen without the participation of bfsi you know as as a sector and second is capex cycle will get delayed but it will definitely come right because the economic recovery is always going to be v shaped uh, as you come out of the pandemic so probably june starting mid june uh, is is when you'll see the economic revival starting to happen and as in when that happens with a month lag maybe two months lag you'll see the capex cycle rising also which will essentially going to result in in credit growth offtake as well so identify good uh, banks market trading banks uh, prefer private banks over public sector banks uh, and you know the top 3 4 uh, banks make for a great investment from okay the next question is do you have it or uh, tech stocks in your uh, uh, coffee can portfolio yes 9% weight in uh, technology okay next question is from siddhar so post investment Siddharth, is there a way that the client can view the portfolio online? Yes. So, 
we have we have a we have a portal through which you can view your portfolio on a real time basis every day the nads don't change during the intraday how you will see the stock price movement but every day end of the day the stock price changes gets updated and you can view it on a daily basis so that's that's available on a real time basis okay so the question is uh, uh, what's your views on pi industries it, it looks to be a good secular play but uh, at the same time it's very expensive from a valuation perspective manish you want to take it or yeah you take it okay so pi industries so clearly the valuations have got expensive to a, to a certain extent and this is because there are limited chemical plays but if you look at the order book so you i i want to i want to make you guys understand what this pi essentially does pi has got three specific spaces at which it commands near monopoly one is agrochemicals second is their own branded chemicals and the third is the outsourced so they do white label products what pi has done is very very simply they have ramped up their production capacity way in advance so for last couple of years and you would if you if you go back a couple of years they their stock price was muted because they were investing heavily into the into the company now the entire reaping of the benefits of the investments which they have done in the past is actually coming into the foreplay i can't predict what can happen in the short term but all the three spaces where they are present the margins are going to jump their command on the products and on the demand will remain high hence there can be short term fluctuations but a great longer term buy a great longer term buy keep in mind guys here whatever as vikas has said earlier i am reiterating the fact most of these companies which we are talking about we hold in our portfolio we are not recommending by any means that you should own a stock you should ask the advisor you should ask aif pms experts or you should ask someone who's a stock picker before you buy onto that stock whenever we construct any portfolio we tend to diversify across 14 15 large businesses credible businesses businesses where we can have visibility of the earnings and thus in no means we would want to own a bad business having said that we always have this portfolio approach so do not do not take any of the stock recommendations on the face value do deep research maybe in the next webinar we can also tell you how you should or how can you find basic 5 7 parameters through which you can find which are great businesses how to what what are the measures of consistency just looking at a basic filter how can you approach to them so we can teach in the next webinar but for now ensure that you take that portfolio approach or ask the advisor okay so nowadays uh, uh, platform based companies are uh, uh, coming out a lot so how do you shortlist uh, some of them and uh, and where maximum growth is expected the platform based businesses 
So what do you mean by platform based businesses? It's very simply, they are meeting, they are matching the needs of, of buyers and sellers. Now, this is something, this is something which is at this point in time, very relevant because technology is enabling these businesses and what they do, they make margins from both the sides from matching the needs. The point is platform kind of businesses are appearing across sectors. However, the caveat is at some level, if the platform can be undermined after the introduction, if the buyer and seller meets together, then it will be a challenge. Hence, what you should look at is a very simple aspect. Look at the platforms where the manufacturer does not have prowess to reach to the end customer directly where the B2C business is not present and it's a fragmented market. The ticket size is smaller because at some level, if there is institutionalized demand and institutionalized supply after a point in time, they would match together. So keep in mind, look at businesses where there is, where there is a genuine need of matching. And that's the place where you can pick up. Most of these businesses are on the unlisted space, very select few on the listed space. So be watchful where you invest because they may not have a proven track history of delivering growth when they achieve scale. Because keep in mind to run a 300 crore top line company versus a 3000 crore versus a 30,000 crore top line company. These are all very different ball games. 300 crores more often do not become 3000 crores. They die in the process or they become stagnant. Okay, so if there are no more questions, so uh, I have two questions. So one for Manish and one for Siddharth. So uh, first question is to Manish. Manish, uh, how, what do you do when uh, beta stock starts participating and quality goes sideways? For example, if you look at your own fund, emerging giant fund, uh, it has uh, underperformed by some percentage because of late we see a lot of beta stocks participating, especially in the small cap uh, segment and a lot of investors are uh, sort of attracted towards that. So what's your message to, to all our viewers? So what I tell everybody is very simple is that returns should not be the determinant of where you're investing. See, because if you stay invested in any asset class for a long enough period of time, the returns will follow, right? If I give you an example, if you would have invested in 2000 in gold, you would have made money. If you would have invested in real estate in Mumbai, you would have made 10x, 15x money, right? Your debt would have made money, taxary bonds would have made money, government securities would have made money, equity would have also made. In 2003, all you needed to do was to put a dart and throw darts, whatever name came, just buy it, your money would have been multiple X at some point of time. Right? So returns will follow. If you choose the right investment vehicle over a long period of time, returns will always follow. That's not the point. The point is a philosophy and the purpose of investing. See, I always give this example that times are tough, right? We're all going through a tough time. We need liquidity in hand in case God you know, forbid nothing happens, but in case some emergency happens, what do you do? You need some liquidity. Now you park that liquidity into PPF. 
great investment vehicle yeah 78% compounded tax free return but will you get that money when you need it if there is emergency in the house you won't need it so returns come to non so that is why mentally you need to be attuned to the investment philosophy and that is why you know when the bull market comes through high beta looks very attractive and you know it is very alluring as a concept but what you need to understand is that what goes up comes down also at some point right for every january 2021 there is going to be a march 2021 and then uh, april 2021 january also right and inherently you need to build a habit of safety and not fall into trap choose investments that are going to give you steady returns across long periods of time breaking the cycle of greed and fear is essentially how you make money uh, can i can i just give an analogy here manish if you don't mind think through it when a tree grows nobody even realizes it grows silently and it keeps growing 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 when it's get cut then it makes a loud noise so remember investments are like that if you keep doing the small simple things slowly 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 without making noise without hearing the noise of the market also what is in favor what is not in favor you'll keep growing like a tree and you'll become a very big tree god forbidden if you get into the wrong side and if you get into these momentum stocks your fall will make a very loud noise very very loud noise and you will be the first one to hear it so please all right so second question to siddharth so generally it's been observed that you don't come out with too many funds so you stick to these limited funds and and try and focus more on that so how do you want to position uh, ambit amc per se so very very simple what we say we don't believe in khichdi we don't believe in mixing up options we do, if you are here to protect your life buy a term cover if you are looking for investments look for the investment solutions which are specific to you and that's what we have done in our ambit asset management we have created three portfolios a large cap portfolio which is extremely stable and you have seen the returns which manish has shown on the chart it does not even move the needle 18 19 were bad 20 was also bad it didn't move the needle double digit returns year after year after year after year you want to have a sleeve which is very very peaceful fill it shut it and forget it coffee can is the portfolio large cap biased you want little more excitement you want to find the next companies which can become nifty which will be little more volatile market leaders great companies but still finding their feet somewhere in between go for good and clean mid cap companies good and clean filters will help you to protect on the downside if you are little more adventurous go on to the emerging giants small cap can become multi cap can can become multi baggers can become really big companies again micro market leaders 
zero leverage, almost negligible leverage on the balance sheet, good corporate governance, good management, but these are smaller companies with large holdings with the promoters and hence liquidity can be a challenge. So because of the market pressure, the stock can correct. So if you have a stomach which does not move, the water in the stomach does not move with the movements of the market, emerging giants. So you should be clear. If you are clear with your destination, if you are clear in your mind with the destination, we have the right vehicle for you. We are not here to choose the destination for you. We are here to provide you with a vehicle and we will stick to that promise of the right vehicle throughout. That's what we'll do. All right. So with this, we would like to conclude the session. Once again, I would like to take this opportunity to thank all the investors for taking the time out from their busy schedule on Friday, coming and joining in, uh, asking a lot of questions. I hope uh, we are able to answer some of them. Uh, if, in case you have any more questions, please uh, type in your questions to me. I mean, a simple email ID, vikas at aifpms.com. And then I'm going to go back to Siddharth and take his uh, you know, opinion on those questions. So thank you, Manish. Uh, thank you, Siddharth, uh, for joining in. Uh, our endeavor at AIF and PMS Experts India is very simple that we would like to educate and empower our investors with more knowledge and wisdom. And therefore, we invite industry experts like you. So once again, thank you so much for accepting our request, joining the call, and answering all the questions so patiently. So once again, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And wish you all a very safe and healthy life. Stay safe and take care of your family. These are tough times, but remember, there's a single dose which will cut all the, all the bad things. Drink, drink and drink. Lot of positivity. That will help each one of us. Thank you and Jai Hind. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Manish. Thank you, Umang and Mukesh for helping us to organize this beautiful session. Uh, once again, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you.